When I was reading over this story in the weeks approaching Easter, I was really reminded of an experience that a lot of us have been having, well, basically during the period of Lent here, these last several weeks, which is the experience of watching a terrible war unfold. We see it. We can watch it on our, on our, on our uh, televisions and our computers, uh, and we feel so helpless to do anything to help the people of Ukraine. We push back um, in, in what ways we can against the Putin government and the cruel war that they are inflicting upon Ukraine. Um, we, we reach out in some ways. If we have the money to help, we might give to a refugees um, organization, for example, or maybe even help um, settle people here. But for the most part, we feel so helpless. I feel helpless and sad and frightened for for people whose lives are being upended and ended in many cases. It's just so sad and frightening to see something like this happen, and I think this is what it was like for the people watching the crucifixion. There was, this was their friend, their teacher, their leader, in whom they had so many hopes and whom they knew they were never going to see again because that's what happens when somebody dies. And there they were, helpless to do anything about it. I, I think nothing makes us feel more helpless and just devastated with sorrow than seeing somebody we love suffering and being able to do so little to, to address their pain. Now, none of Jesus' followers was very strong compared to the Roman Empire that ruled their land and their lives. Even Joseph of Arimathea, who was wealthy, who was a member of the council, which is kind of like being a member of Congress, right? He was a powerful man in their, in their time and place. Even he couldn't do anything except summon up his courage and go to the governor and say, could we have his body back, please? He couldn't do anything to stop the execution. The men who followed Jesus as his disciples couldn't do anything. But there were followers of Jesus who could do even less because the laws and the customs of that time and place gave them so little power. They had little power, very little authority even in the religious life of their time, and none in the secular government of, of the Jews, much less the Roman Empire. And those were the women who followed Jesus. Women, three of whom are named here, but we're assured by, by the Gospel of Mark, there were many, many more who followed him. And they had so little power in their uh, in their time and place, that they couldn't even be witnesses in a court of law. Like if they saw a crime committed and they said, I could come and testify about this, the court would not recognize them. It was as if there had been no witness. And yet there they were, witnessing this devastating event to the very end, knowing there was nothing they could do and nothing they could say that would be heard by the powers that be 
if such powers even cared. The story tells us that that didn't stop them. They came and witnessed what happened to Jesus anyway. They stayed. They stayed even though it brought them face to face with how helpless they were and how little they could do as this disaster unfolded. They were giving their friend the only thing that they could. If you look it up in an etymological dictionary, I didn't use that word with the kids, but I bet you know what it means. <laughs> you will find, um, because I did, I was really curious, do these, do these words that sound the same, that are spelled the same, are they actually connected in meaning? And they are. The words present, like present, like to be present is to be here in this space, is connected to present, like to bring something to this space. So if I'm presenting something to Fran, I am bringing it into the space that she is in. And that is why the word present, meaning gift, is also connected to bring something and offer it into the presence of somebody. I love that these are actually connected because that's what these women were finding. Sometimes that's all we can give is our presence. And they had nothing else to give to Jesus except their presence in his last moments. That was the present that they offered. And that's all Jesus asked of his disciples the night before when, as we heard from, from Possum and friends, he was so afraid, he was worried, and he said, please just stay awake with me. He knew they couldn't fix it. He was very afraid that what was going to happen, what turned out to happen, was, was what was going to happen. That he would be arrested, that he would be supposedly tried, but would get no justice, and that he would be executed. He was afraid that that was all going to happen very soon. And he couldn't sleep, and he, he knew they couldn't change any of that. All they could do was be there with him, and he said, please be here with me. And they couldn't. They fell asleep. I think maybe the women have something to teach us here, not only because they were present, but because of maybe why they managed that. These were people who all their lives they were told that they had nothing else to offer except their presence. They, they, had, no, um, they had no power to change the course of events. And they always knew that. And so they knew, this is all I can, this is all I can offer. I will be there. And that's what they, they gave. It's as if they're teaching us through the years in this bit of the story that, that some of the gospel tellers recorded, that the women were there. That sometimes when there's nothing that we can do, we can still be. We can be present. We can just say, here I am. And on this day when people talk about miracles and can miracles actually happen, this is what I think of. That this kind of magical, amazing thing happens, happens sometimes for us that when we can do nothing, when all we can do is be present, 
that's enough. That really, just like Jesus said to his disciples, that's, that's, all that, that's all that we're asked for, that's all that's needed, and it really makes a difference. The two Marys and Salome, they did not expect to be able to do anything for Jesus when they came on the Sunday morning, as soon as the Sabbath was over. He was dead. There was nothing they could do except tend to his body in the way that showed respect to bring these anointing spices for the wrappings around his body. There's no more helpless position than after somebody has died. There is nothing we can do for him. But they wanted to still offer their presence. And they were amazed. Because instead of these linen wrappings ready for spices, they saw a young man in in clean, untorn linen clothes, all in white, like it was a special occasion. And that was not what anybody expects to find in a tomb. As Jan Richardson says, they heard heard the voice of the living in the place of the dead. And the story goes on to say that the returned Jesus, the miraculously alive Jesus, spoke first to Mary Magdalene. But some say that that was what was happening right there in the passage I read to you, that the young man who spoke to them and who was in clean, untorn white linen, that that was Jesus himself. Now, some people think that Jesus could overcome death, that that's what is celebrated here on Easter, that unlike any person before or as far as we know since, Jesus, for Jesus, death did not mean death. He returned. Here's what we know for sure. And here's where the miraculous comes in for me. When death comes, when disaster rolls like a great stone and you can just see it happening, but there's nothing you can do to stop it, and you just feel like, if only I could do something, if only I could do something, if only I could do something, but I can't, when we decide to just be in that moment, I will be present, I will witness, I will watch this disaster unfolding even though I wish I could cover my eyes and go away. When we do that, this is what happens. When we're present to our feelings and our fears, when we're present to the people we love even though we can't help them the way we wish we could help them, we help them. It helps. And I know this because people say it over and over again. I bet you've said it to other people, and I bet people have said it to you. Even in this culture of ours that says doing, 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 here's all the things you must do, people say, just be with me. Just be with me. It really, really matters, even when the worst has happened and there's nothing you can do. When people are sick and We can't operate on them. We can't work medicine on them. We just go and sit by them, hold their hand, read them a poem, just let them know that we're there. It helps. It helps them. When terrible news is happening, the the people of Ukraine, as we watch on so helplessly, 
They say it's helping that the world is watching. It's helping to know that you are there and you care and you're not ignoring what's happening to us. That you're not turning away. And so we might turn off the news for a while, take a break from the headlines, but when we offer our presence again, when we say, okay, I'm going to pay attention to what is happening to you, it helps. And even when somebody has died, this is what we do. We send a card. We offer our condolences. We go and visit the house and we just offer our presence. And people say, that really helped. That feels amazing to me as somebody who wishes I could fix it to be assured I know you can't fix it. Your presence helps. Your presence is a great gift, just like the word says. It's as if, you know, when we're in those really dark times, there's this, there's this great darkness in our spirit, and the presence of people who love us is like this little flickering inside. Even when they think they, they are doing nothing. So, for me, this is a really important message of the story of Easter and of the story of these people who stayed when there was nothing to be done. These women. They're the most power, powerless of people. That our presence matters. It works miracles. And here on Easter, we can help offer that gift, that small, amazing miracle in honor of the great teacher, Jesus.